Hey guys, in our previous episode, we dove into parenting and specifically we focused on parenting and our relationship as adults with our parents. So that was the first half, if you missed it, of interviewing our experts, the Sutherlands, that was last week. And in this one, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. And we're going to talk about having adult children, which is just a really interesting concept. I think it's not, not something we really talk about. So I'm excited to talk about that in this second half of the episode. Enjoy. Welcome to Living Box Free. Our mission is to help you break out of the box of worldly expectations. We're here to help you find your unique journey to a healthy, fulfilled life. Yeah, I did not, I didn't want to disappoint my parents, especially my mom. Like she, something about my mom, I did not want to disappoint her. And as an adult, there's been a couple times where I've made mistakes and I've not wanted to tell my mom, but when I did, I was shocked at how well she responded. Mm -hmm. And so I love how you also talk about, you're talking about what you might hold in as a child. And now once you get that mature relationship, I mean, that's really cool to be able to be vulnerable and, and share those mistakes and have a parent who can hear and support and you don't feel judged or like you've disappointed them. Right. So I really, I like how you called that out too. I hadn't even thought of that until you said that, but I've, I've definitely, I've seen that. Mm-hmm. For sure. I think, and you know, I mean, it's just funny how, uh, as, have, you know, as parents of adult children, I think I'm observing a little bit more um, out loud these days, you know, just uh, recently we went on vacation and, and helped uh, Scott's mom do some things out in her cabin in Wyoming that she you know, needed help with. And, and there was a lot of memory, um, stories and memory things. And, and a lot of that was about people that our kids didn't know. And I thought at first, I thought, I, you know, I wonder if this is going to be boring to the kids or, or you know, and, and they were really patient. We had kind of warned them, like, <laughs> there's a lot of memory talking, you know, these days, and that's a real value to, so that, you know, your family story and things like that. And we kind of gave them a little, um, maybe a little per- perspective on why that might be important at this stage of life, you know, and these are family members they had not met. So there was a lot of sharing of stories, but it was it was more of our kids gaining um, some, some secondhand memories, you know, of people that have gone before in our family. And, and you know, those are, it's really important for our parents and grandparents to be able to pass those things along because a lot of that's just family history, you know, and whether it's silly stories or, or, you know, legit, like, you know, um, Scott's grandmother had two children that didn't live, you know, and, you know, those kinds of, you know, stories that my kids might not have known, you yeah. know, um, those are things that people value being able to pass those things along so that your, your kids and grandkids know the family story and know mm-hmm. the bigger context of where they came from, you know. So there is a lot of value in it, for sure. There's one story that, um, kind of going back to what I was saying earlier about some of the challenges with my mother of being such a strong woman, and, and one of the things was having the answers 
and being advisory, you know, wanted to say, here's what you should do, here's right. what you need to do, and, and it's those kinds of messages. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was, as there we was were, a, a very study value. A lot, yeah. a lot, just, which, which made us feel oftentimes, and me personally, I don't know what I'm doing, apparently. You know, so right. I, yeah. apparently I'm not adulting very and we well. Didn't, you know, but we kind of needed to figure it out, you know, yeah. sometimes, you yeah. know. Yeah. But I thought, um, well, there was a story, uh, and there, my, my mother has begun to tell this story, particularly in front of our children, which I think is has been fantastic. She, and she did it again when we were out there on vacation, and it's the story of after my dad left us and we were living in uh, St. Louis, actually, that's, that's where I was born and, and that's where we were. And so we moved back to Illinois where my grandparents and, and really my mother grew up and, and her sisters and, and so I had aunts, mm-hmm. you know, there. And so our whole family was from this area. So it's like we were coming back home, yeah. so mm-hmm. to speak. And so my, my, my mom and my sister and I came back and we didn't have a place to live. And so uh, I believe we were staying with my grandparents at the time, but um, my mom didn't have a job. And so she tells the story of how on my granddad's lunch break one day, he took her down to the bank and because he had a great relationship with the bank manager, um, said, hey, Jan and I have been looking at these houses. She's been looking at these houses in this new development. This is back in the 60s, yeah. you know. And um, there's a particular house there that Jan likes, and I uh, want to talk to you about, um, you know, getting a loan for her. And, and my mom tells the story of, of saying, uh, Mr. Bank Manager, I, d- I don't have a job. And he says, oh, I know you'll get a job, Jan. That's okay. You know, we're going to go ahead. You go over there and so-and-so is going to write you a check and you take that to the, you know, mm-hmm. to the developer. And, wow. and, uh, and that's, that was our first house. Wow. And, and so for my mom to share that story with my kids to say, I was in need. Mm-hmm. That was a really important thing for her yeah. to admit. I yeah. think that was some, yeah. something that they would have heard yeah. a few years ago. I didn't know what I was doing. I was, I was green. I was scared I mm-hmm. didn't know what to do and and uh, and my father helped me yeah and I thought that was that was a really really big deal and I think as parents you know when we can show vulnerability to our children to say he's gonna he's gonna get it choked up guys it's a, it's a laugh. That's, that's a good thing yeah mm-hmm. we accept that when we can be vulnerable with our kids to to help them understand the times when we struggled mm-hmm. and we had to figure stuff out. Um, that goes a long way when they become adults. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They need to know that they're not alone and they're struggling and trying to figure it out. And then they don't have to feel like they have to pretend to have it all together and pretend to know how to do everything. You know, it gives them a little bit of a comfort level that, listen, none of us started out knowing all the things, you know. And we screwed up some things, and, and you will too, and that's okay, you know? Yeah. I love that. You're kind of transitioning, like, what you guys have learned now that you're parents of adult children. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. And, yeah, like, admitting that you're not perfect and you make mistakes and them knowing, I love that, them knowing that it's okay, they will. 
And just like you said, you know, sometimes you feel like your parents tell you what to do. And sometimes you just got to make mistakes. You have to make your own decisions and learn on your own. Yeah. So what, what else as as parents of adult children, have you recognized that you guys do well? Or what are some of the things you're working on? You know, um, for for a long time, you know, when the, when the kids were young, I think we felt like we just needed to tell them everything we knew, you know, thinking that they were going to be like, oh, wise parent, thank you so much <laughs> for all of the knowledge that you were doing, you know, in, in doing them. And, uh, I just feel like it kind of created in them sort of a, like a, a wall, you know, because they felt like if they asked any questions, we were going to come off with all of this advice and stuff like that. And, um, you know, we did uh, kind of, have like this advisory sort of we were the the walking self-help parents for you know for a while and and I think you know both of our kids at different times you know I'm grateful that they felt open to tell us like when you just give advice all the time it feels um condescending you know Mm -hmm. and I just want to be able to have time with you without that you know and we had to really relearn I had I'll speak for myself I had to really relearn how to have a conversation with my children without trying to tell them something I knew or trying to turn it into some sort of a a redeemable moment or lesson or whatever um I think that was the hardest thing for me um to learn to do is is to be a human being with my kids instead of a parent Mm -hmm. you know and that me trying to work on that did create a turn in the relationship where I stopped trying to change or to fix anything and just allowed them to be who they were and um, that's when a trust began to to develop that's when something began to turn with my relationship with the kids um, that I noticed and that we are now seeing some results from you know because there has been a foundation of trust that we can just be human beings together and that I'm not going to try to turn everything into sort of a, um, a teachable lesson. moment. <laughs> yeah. Teachable, yeah. That teachable felt, moment. It felt corny and it felt know-it-all and, yeah. and that really did not endear me to my children. Yeah. What At what age does that start, that human-to-human, human, I'm not just Are you a, taking notes, Becky? I am. <laughs> I mean, I've got a little bit of time, but I'm a planner. I can ju- yeah, I can just see you making a plan. Okay, yes. age seven, I will adjust my calendar my behavior. for 2020, whatever. <laughs> Becky's very organized. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Yes? I don't know the answer. I don't know, you know, I don't necessarily know uh, what works for other people, but I know that I wish I'd started sooner. Hmm. I wish I had been more of a human being to my children. Um, I think I was always afraid of losing credibility. Um, we have apologized to our children when we blew it, um, when I would lose my temper or, you know, say something that was not the right, you know, moment or, you know, whatever, embarrassed anyone, anything like that. I would always apologize. So, but um, that step of just allowing them to be humans and, and to, for us to be humans without trying to, you know, guide and, you know, uh, uh, what's the word? Control, really, yeah. I think, you know, um, as, a, as a mom, I think letting go of that control, I probably would have um, 
started earlier, just allowing m myself to say I don't know, or you know, um, creating more open-ended conversations instead of trying to d direct the conversations myself. I would have I would have definitely yeah. started earlier. Yeah. Uh, that kind of leads us. I mean, you can respond, Scott, but it kind of leads us into my next question, which is what what couple of things would you suggest people work on or reflect on or think about as they're processing their own relationships with either their adult children or their own parents. So I kind of feel like that's mm -hmm. sort of leading into that. I do think that we have to remember that we're all human beings. You know, when someone, you know, like when, when your child comes into the world, their very first breath, they are a full blown human being. And I used to think that when we would have a child that they were gonna come and we were gonna form them like a, like a potter forms clay, that we were gonna have this blank slate of a human being and we were gonna be able to create this you know, thing. No, they come with a soul and ideas and gifts that we don't get to vote on. You know, they just come <laughs> wired a certain way and, and it's wonderful discovery, you know. I think I, didn't know that at first and thought, you know, I, I did a lot more perfectionism driven sort of uh, interactions with my kid, trying to make them hit their marks and, you know, uh, tell them what to think. And rather, and I think over time we have uh, tried to teach them how to think, how to make good decisions instead of what to think, you know, what to ch choose or decide. And I think that in general, um, helps kids feel equipped to make life decisions instead of feeling controlled, you know. So uh, that's something that we learn to do on the fly. That's not something that I, like, when <laughs> when my children were like, you know, I have this great plan for how I'm going to do that. I mean, we did not know what we were doing, but <laughs> I think we have come to understand that, you know, that that was a, a better plan to help them feel confidence is to help them come to a good decision rather than trying to make decisions for them. Babe, am I missing anything? No, I, I'll, I'll also say we do quite a bit of work with couples who are preparing for marriage and uh, or their life together. And one of the things that, that we share with them often is that, you know, you get to choose how you do life and how you do your marriage. And when we were first married within the first five years, we were still trying to figure out how we, how the fact of how we were both raised and, and all the things that came with childhood and, and just the different ways that we grew, that we grew up, we were bringing that into our marriage and we needed to understand how that was affecting us as a couple. And so to answer your question about, uh, about just a piece of advice is, um, when you're, you know, whether you're going to be married, whether you're single, it, it, when you're, when you're entering into adulthood, especially those young adult years, be willing to do the work to, to explore how you were raised is affecting you and your perspective on entering into adulthood. And, and what is, what do you want to do with that? Mm. Um, you know, back to what Emily was saying about, about some of the things that we've learned about parenting, 
um, I can remember with our kids trying to, even on a disciplinary front, trying to discipline the way that I was disciplined as a kid, and I was horribly explosive. And clearly that was not working, and it never <laughs> works. Let me just say that right now. Uh, being explosive is never helpful. It doesn't, um, yeah, it doesn't teach. No, it doesn't, and it does a lot of damage. And so then even late as the kids were growing up and getting a little bit older and changing those patterns of going back to the kids and acknowledging that time and, and again, that being vulnerable and, and talking about that, that personal struggle and, and apologizing, and um, which then builds trust. And so I think we have, with our kids... We have, we have built trust with them to, so that they know that we, we love them so much and we are here for them. And they know that we're here and they know that we're available to them. So when we're talking about the whole advisory thing, mm-hmm. um, if they need it, they know we're here. One of the greatest struggles when my kids started school, and even before, um, was... What would what do other people think about the way that I parent? And I remember really struggling with that. What do teachers think of the way that I'm trying to parent my child? Um, everyone has an opinion. And listen, I knew everything about parenting before I had children. Like I had it down. I knew exactly the kind of human beings I was going to raise. And you know, you'd hear a child melting down on Target, and I'd be like. That will never be my child. (laughs) And guess what? It was totally my child. And me, too, sometimes. (laughs) But um, I really had to come to grips with the fact that I need to know my children. We need to know our children for who they are and know what works for them. And if that is not meeting the expectations of the people around us, then too bad and that was probably one of the most at first it was a struggle and then it was such a relief to be like my children's teacher or school counselor or whatever doesn't have to approve of the way that I'm raising my child but you know I do want to have a child who can get along with others and you know we would talk if they got you know in trouble in school we would talk about you know like the situation but it was not me taking up the school side just because I was embarrassed right I needed to talk to my child and see what was behind the behavior I needed to decide you know I'm for you first and foremost I need to hear from you what happened and let's talk about that and how how we can respond better but I it was any time that I reacted to someone else's reaction and put my child on the other side of the equation was always a mistake and it was always hurtful. And so I, I would say, you know, especially those with younger children, when you have a child that's melting down in Target and you want everybody in Target to know that you're a great parent, so you <laughs> yell at the child saying, this is unacceptable because blah, 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 you know, just so everybody hears So them. helpful. Yeah, right. Um, you know, to calm down and let the child see you calm down and you, and you mirror, you know, what you want to see. Those kinds of things... I, I wish I had known earlier because I did so much um, 
mirroring of what I thought people expected me to do rather than what was really going to be best for my child in that moment. Yeah. And I think that has probably carried over into the relationship we have now because we still do that. You know, my parent, you know, my other other parents that we know that we're friends with, you know, may have a certain kind of relationship or certain kind of boundaries with their children that work for their family. But we don't look at that and take that on as that has to work for our family. Every family has to choose what works for yours, you know. And um, and you, that's it. Goes back to what Scott's saying. You get to decide the atmosphere that you create in your family, and in not even in your family. I mean, just in your life, you get to have your. You, if you want to turn your dining room into an aquarium, you get to do that. <laughs> You, you can, you know, you can put a climbing wall in your bedroom if you feel like it. Right. Not because, you know, like your parents didn't do that, but you can do that if you want to because it's your house, it's your home, it's your life, you know, and I think that's been a really freeing thing for us to say, you know what, you know, our son hung a hammock in the corner of his room one time when he was uh, 18 or 19 he didn't ask. He just went and started getting tools. And I was like, um, the stud finder. What? Um, what does it do? Where are you going? And so my thought was, I can either tell him he can't hang a hammock in his room, or I can let this play out. And if the hammock falls out when he gets into it and we have to patch the wall, then he will probably never try it again. Right. And if it works, then I'll shut up. You know. So I'll let him hang the hammock. I mean, I let him. He was hanging the hammock. Okay. <laughs> Did it work? Did yeah. it stay up? It totally worked. worked. It was wonderful. I have a picture of him with our chihuahua up in the hammock. <laughs> I love that. It was a That's great awesome. memory. But it was a, it was like yeah. a moment of like, you know what? If you want to hang a hammock in your freaking bedroom, hang the hammock because it's your life. And, you know, I just think we get so hung up on all this little stuff that in the end, isn't adding to the kind of relationships and the kind of atmosphere we want really want in our home you know yeah and what we would have liked to have had you know when we were growing up so uh, we just kind of keep having to adjust with seasons of life that kind of philosophy of like what do we want our life to look like because we can do that yeah we can paint neon in the rooms I'm not going to, but I'm just saying you we can. could if we can. Basically what this is. Yes. It's almost like yeah, Becky's, yeah. Becky's office is like Neon Green. It's nice. Yeah. It's like it's fun. It's a reflection fun. of her personality. 100%. It pretty much is. Yeah. It's Everything the one room she... I had I had to, I had to do whatever I want with. I yeah. love it. I just think <laughs> it's so great because, yeah, it's your life, you know? Yeah. yeah. You get to set it up. I think what I'm hearing over and over is having an awareness of who you are and what you bring to each each of these relationships like having an awareness of what I grew up in and what my parents instilled in me and then knowing what is my responsibility in my relationship with my parents and then what is the responsibility you know if I have kids someday like what knowing my being aware of my own identity and what I can and cannot do I can I have options and just that awareness seems like it I don't know that's what I'm hearing for sure and we're always evolving and that's something that we have to understand is that, you know, we are always evolving as human beings in this world and, and so always being open to learning, um, not only from our past, but also, you know, what our what we want our future to look like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a moving target, guys. It's <laughs> <laughs> a scary thing. The life is. I feel like I could listen to you talk for the rest of the evening. However, we should probably move toward wrapping up. But I do, I have a couple of things. One... 
Uh, I've just, yeah, I'm so grateful that you shared some of your thoughts with us and your experience. I mean, that's been, the 10 years with you guys has been you sharing your experiences with me, and I'm so grateful for that. I've actually given you a couple of shout-outs in the past. I don't know, I don't think I've Sweet. ever called you by name on the on podcast, but um, yeah, you've had a great impact on me, and the fact that you're willing to live openly, like your mistakes openly, and share about them, in the, you know, whether they happened in, currently or in the past, and your experiences as they're happening has been mm. so impactful and meaningful to me. So thank you for that. And thank thanks you. for I'm glad sharing. for that because we're going to keep making mistakes. So <laughs> we can be friends. It's convenient. That, <laughs> so friends. Thank you for appreciating convenient that. It's helpful. Um, well, so that and we I love think, you. Oh, and we love you very you. much. And you've impacted us. Oh, so thanks. Yeah, it goes both ways. <laughs> uh, speaking of love, tell us before we wrap up a little bit about love better. Cause I want people to know where they can find you if they want more of the Sutherland family. Love better is a movement that Emily and I started three, four years ago. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three years yeah. ago at launch. So lovebetter.world is our URL and it's a series of uh, podcasts and blogs and we just are trying to start conversations about how we can learn to uh, love each other better through this entire um, life that we live, whether it's at home, uh, around our community, and around the world. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Yeah. We, we really have um, had some scales fall off our eyes in recent years of, of things that... Um, most of us walk around in life not seeing life from another's perspective you know this big empathy piece of of you know how life looks when someone didn't grow up with the advantages or or you know uh, privileges that that we've had so some of that enters into our conversations there as well um that you know how can we walk through life with empathy about what others experiences are or have been so that we can see one another um, more fully and mm-hmm. give people that acceptance. And we we will put a link to that in our podcast notes. Yes, so for our will. listeners, yes, we type those notes, go look at them. <laughs> Yay. Becky um, puts the work in. That is the one woman <laughs> podcast notes show. <laughs> uh, it's like two sentences, but it has links, which is great. <laughs> Emily and Scott, it was so great to meet you both. I know you've known Ash for 10 years. I'm over here. I'm going to be replaying this podcast when here in like five weeks, I'm sitting with a newborn and oh wondering wow. what is what it like time. to be a parent? What a time. <laughs> I'm just going to be like, I can make mistakes. They said this. Uh, so this is, I mean, selfishly, this is like, this was helpful for me just thinking through that framework of my identity changing from not having children to having children here really soon or a mm. child. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thank you guys for being vulnerable, sharing mm-hmm. about your family, your parents, your kids. And we'll totally encourage our listeners to go check out your link and listen to your podcast. I'll probably be listening to it mm-hmm. and learn, continue learn, learning. Uh, our listeners, thank you so much for joining us for this new episode of our Who Dat series, all about relationships. We brought the experts on today. We're going to bring our friends on next time. Yeah, we are. And we're going to talk about parenting fails. Mm-hmm. Good and bad, funny stories. Oh, we'll be Once- listening to that. <laughs> we'll be listening to that. Once again, we talk yeah. about making mistakes. We're going to highlight some of those and yes. have a good laugh about it on our next one. So yeah. tune in for that one, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.
Thanks for joining us on Living Box Free, put on by On The Rise Group. Follow or subscribe to Living Box Free on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play to hear our new episodes every Monday as well as our bonus episodes. You can learn more about our services at ontherisegroup.com. Also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at On The Rise Group. We hope you'll tune in next time for more helpful content.